This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny Cage, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. pleased to welcome Charles Mayfield. Charles is the co-author of several paleo cookbooks and the brains behind paleocomfortfoods.com. When he's not whipping up delicious recipes with his wife, you can find him running two gyms under the Atlanta Strength and Conditioning Umbrella. Charles found training after having been a basketball player himself for many years. His love for competition and camaraderie soon manifested in the operation of his very own training facility. Since then, he's been rubbing elbows with the who's who of paleo nutrition, like our good old buddy Rob Wolf. Additionally, Charles's primary training and lifestyle influences are none other than former podcast guests Dan John, Jim Laird, and of course, our own John Wellborn. Not only does Charles spill the legumes about his exciting new paleo publication, but he discusses the highly anticipated Cube Summit. This meeting of the top minds in performance and nutrition will be held on 17 October 2015 in Atlanta. For more information on the Epic Weekend, you'll have to tune in. Here's episode 112. What's happening, Power Athlete Nation? Welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. This is Denny. Today I'm joined with Callie, Bobby, Tex, <clears throat> and Levy. That's me. <laughs> Mr. Levi. Thanks, and our special guest is Charles Mayfield. He's the owner of Atlanta Strength and Conditioning, and I believe he's got a CrossFit affiliate as well. So, uh, Charles, thank you for taking the time and joining us on the podcast today. Uh, it's great to be here, Denny. Thanks. Uh, did I get that right? You Atlanta Strength and Conditioning, and then you have a CrossFit affiliate. That's uh, you nailed it. Yeah, we've got two two gyms under the Atlanta Strength and Conditioning flag, and one of them one of them is a is CrossFit Binings is the affiliate. So okay, all right. Well, maybe we can just kind of. I mean, you and I spoke a few days ago, but maybe we can just kick the show off with uh, like a little bit of your history. Um, you know your journey, how you got to this level of awesomeness that you're currently uh, you're currently at. Uh, sure. So uh, started. I mean, I I grew up playing a, a lot of different sports. I know we we talked about that the other day. But basketball basketball was my <clears throat> primary sport of choice and and joy. But played played five or six different sports in high school. Um, really, kind of after getting into college and then out of college, got really away from most athletic pursuits. I play a little rec ball, but uh, a little bit of golf here and there. Really just kind of got into the professional world, got away from any formalized fitness. Found, uh, got introduced to uh, CrossFit in 2007 through, uh, actually through a, a, an outdoor boot camp company here in Atlanta that had just, just opened a box uh, back then. And it was really, and, and we can elaborate more on this later, but it was really the first time I'd had any type of, I'll call it formal strength and conditioning. Uh, up to that point in my athletic career, it was kind of when the sport of your choice was out of season, you went and played another sport. That was, my, of course, that was my path. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of jumped in with both feet, drank a lot of the Kool-Aid early on, uh, was very fortunate enough in the, in the, first couple of years of my my crossfitting career to meet a couple of folks like like Rob Wolf and and uh, eventually John Wellborn uh, and then uh, since then uh, more folks like Jim Laird and Mike Robertson and some folks more outside the, the crossfit scene but but yeah we've got a couple of gyms here where our clientele for the most part are your uh, your corporate execs and CEOs and uh, 
I, I hate to use the word soccer moms because our moms are kind of way cooler than soccer. But uh, we, we coach a lot of just folks trying to look good and feel good and enjoy doing that. I, uh, in addition to that, we've, my wife and I, Julie and I, have written a couple of paleo cookbooks, and that was really at the, at the request of Mr. Wolf oh so many moons ago. But, yeah, we, we like to cook, uh, and I'm you know, grateful. The, cro- the CrossFit scene kind of, for me, was the first time I'd ever really connected kind of smart nutrition and, uh, and performance up to, you know, high school and college. It was eat whatever you can hold down and, you know, go hike the ball again. So, but yeah, that's me kind of in a nutshell. Nice. So how did you meet, didn't you meet Tex and Bobby recently? And that's how you guys kind of got connected. I know you've known John for a little while, but how did, uh, Tex, can you jump in? Tell us how you met uh, Charles. Yeah, Bobby and I were down for the Atlantic Regional or the Mid-Atlantic Regional, whatever it's called nowadays, and we went to an after party. And we were just kind of kicking it. Bobby and I were rocking some sweet gear. And this tall gentleman approached us, and I, I guess he immediately recognized us because we're, you know, we look the form of power athletes. And he asked us straight up if, if we were John's guys. So it kind of jumped off from there, and he might have – Heard about Jack Street, but that's pretty much all we talked about. <laughs> Is it because you had like the the token power athlete uh, uh, scalded top of the hand, like in Fight Club? We all had to get acid poured on the top of our hand. I actually think it was we were busting out of our jeans that uh, fit <laughs> uh, <yeah>. months ago, <laughs> but now they don't. Um, yeah, so we um we got corralled in to. Uh, kind of semi-sponsored the after party for the Atlantic Super Regional. And uh, so we pony up a bunch of dough and buy a keg, which is about three times the amount it normally costs anywhere else on earth in Atlanta. Had no idea beer was that expensive there. And uh, we show up to this party. And there's a side story here. We were in this ridiculous getup. Tex and I had these matching wolf shirts with all these hidden wolf images on that Tex found in a gift shop at Niagara Falls, and we were in a seminar. Uh, we were in Toronto for a seminar. Uh, yeah, so so the shirts, let's backtrack just a little bit. The shirts are from, so we go to Niagara Falls. We have a little bit of spare time. We're going to go see Niagara Falls. We're up in Canada for a seminar. And we bump down. We check out the falls. We walk past. It's a fantastic day, and we end up going into the gift shop. And like any other epic tourist trap gift shop, there's absolutely nothing in there but epic Niagara Falls tourist bullshit. And we're just kind of walking around, and suddenly I lose track of Tex. And he, like, out of fucking nowhere, comes running up, and he's holding this purple shirt with all these wolves on it right in my face. And he's like, look at this thing. I was like, Tex, where the hell did you find that? And without batting an eyelash in classic Tex fashion, he just kind of smugly goes, I have an eye for this sort of thing, and walks away. And so uh, we, we, we end up picking up a couple of these shirts, and we were just waiting patiently until we could rock the shirts. And oh, my this, God. This would have been the world's best place to rock these ridiculous shirts, except there were eight people at the party. <laughs> so heads up to anyone going to the CrossFit Games party, they may make an appearance. Yeah, I think they, they, may be, uh, they might be back out for round two. Wait, so, okay, all right, all right, I get it. Um, I want to get, so you meet Charles. Charles is looking at you like, what the fuck are you wearing? So we roll in with these ridiculous wolf shirts on, exploding out of our jeans because we had just finished Jack Street, and we, there were about seven people at the party. 20 kegs, all the food you can eat, and about seven people. And uh, that's when we got the chance to actually wrap uh, with Charles. So Charles, did um, how did you gain access to this after party? Is it just because you are you are a man of multiple gyms and a I mean you run Atlanta Strength and Conditioning and you're are you like the mayor down there or the equivalent yeah. of that the cross yeah something equivalent? like yeah something like that no I just you know it was it was an opportunity to go catch up with a ton an absolute ton of. Uh, my friends in the in the inner CrossFit community. I mean, there's there's like 162 affiliates in Greater Atlanta, and uh, I've been in, I've been around this this scene for like eight years now. So I was actually going down there to catch up with some old friends, and uh, ended up hanging out with Tex and Bobby for the better part of the evening. 
Nice. So what, where did you start in terms of opening your gym? I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, sure. So I, my first gym, which is our current Vinings, Atlanta Vinings location, we opened up uh, in conjunction with another CrossFit gym. So uh, BTV was the, was the gym that, that I started training with. And uh, we opened up a satellite location within. This is back in 2010, and went along that route with them for a bit. And there was some ownership changes within the BTB family. So my my current current partner Sam and I decided to just kind of rebrand and go our own way. And uh, we're having a good time with with one gym. Why not have two? So about a year ago, we opened up a, a location just up the road from us. We uh, our second location is not a not a CrossFit affiliate. Um, we kind of fig <clears throat> excuse me. We kind of figured we'd just go the strength and conditioning route, and and uh, from a branding and marketing standpoint, and uh, we've I, we're doing great, having fun, and and uh, yeah, that's about it. So what's the vibe of your gym life? I mean, everything from what are what are you said you work with quote unquote some are like soccer moms and um, but I mean what's the every gym is kind of like its own frat right I mean it has its own culture um, you know what's the vibe of your gym is it very community based? Yeah, we're we're a big community. It's it's funny we're almost almost three separate pockets or communities of folks and, and it's that's it's really fun when we have like a big you know a fall or a spring challenge or some big social event because we bring these individual pockets of folks together but we got our you know our type a early morningers the 5 30 a.m crazies um love them but i just can't imagine throwing weight around at that hour and then we've got this middle group which i would call our stay-at-home moms and real estate agents, people that have a little bit more flexibility in their schedule. So from 8 to probably 1 o'clock every day, you've got this very kind of different uh, crowd of folks. And then our evening crew is just, you know, the other weekend warrior crew that doesn't want to get up in the morning. Um, but, yeah, a real community base. We, do a, we try to do a lot of social events to bring everybody together, and we try and get – I mean, we're, we're a community-based – gym so we try and get involved with charitable organizations and whatnot around the around the Atlanta area and you know have, I mean why do we train most of our clients are training just to look good feel good and you know be able to pick something up heavier next week so yeah uh, we try and do activities and do social events and do things outside of the gym and bring everybody together and also kind of give us give us some fun ways to uh to apply all of that strength and conditioning we do. What surprised you the most about being a gym owner and uh, or expanding your business? What surprised me the most? I would say the thing that smacked me in the face the biggest was I don't really work out that much anymore. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, people ask you, "Oh man, you you run a gym. You must you must work out all the time." No. You actually hear that a lot because you oh. know, being the business owner of a gym is is much like being the business owner of a restaurant or anything. I mean, you're you are there all the time, but you're you're working. You're not necessarily you don't you don't have the luxury. I mean, just like somebody who runs any kind of business they don't sometimes they just don't have the time or as uh, or they don't make the time to, to train I mean it's it's very demanding I'm sure it, it is and 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 the time that's the thing I you know I want to be here and I want to be present for all of my clients but you know that requires some very and we've got two kids and and well Scott's on his way out of diapers he's closed but we got two kids in diapers and so if I'm gonna be present and at least interact with with my clients on a weekly basis that requires me to be up at five o'clock in the morning some days and not home until seven some days and you've got to really you got to really learn to manage that if you're gonna not fizzle out and and we don't want fizzled out so yeah well absolutely I mean um, part of your free time is spent uh, cooking as you do with your wife I mean you guys have a very successful not only website, but your authors of, I mean, how many, how many books have you guys done now on paleo cooking? 
We've done two two hard or hard books, uh, and then we've got a little ebook that we've done. So, and we're we're actually working on a third right now. So this nice. this may be the breaking news. Uh, I don't know that we formally announced that just yet, so I'm going to probably get slapped in the face by my wife after this airs. But, uh, yeah, we're working on a third book, so it's kind that, of cool. That's great. Um, and your website is paleocomfortfoods.com, correct? Correct, yep. Nice. And and how, I mean, I'm just curious how you started that and what was, you know, what prompted you two to get so involved with, um, you know, spreading the knowledge of, of cooking healthy and cooking paleo? Uh, that's a great question, Callie. We, so we both love to cook and we actually met, Julie and I got introduced kind of through food. So the, the founder of the, uh, the original gym that, that Julie and I met through, um, was going through, uh, cancer treatment and we had started, this was, gosh, this is back 2008. And so we started making food. We started this food swap within the gym. So, you know, you make a whole bunch of food. This is back in our crazy zone days. And uh, so, you know, we were weighing and measuring all this stuff, and it made more sense to weigh and measure, like, one big meal and just cook a shit ton of it. And then we'd come to the gym and swap food. So we, we, we enjoyed cooking, and, and we were kind of spearheading this event. And uh, we were taking, Julie and I really didn't know each other that well, but we were taking extra food. She and I were cooking extra food and taking it over to uh, Jeff and Melissa's house because he was on house arrest after a stem cell transplant. And so we kind of met through our love of cooking, and then we started dating, and then we started kind of diving deeper into food. I actually got hurt, uh, hurt my back pretty bad. This was in 2000 late to uh, early 2009 and uh, at that point I was working out probably six to seven days a week you know sometimes doubles all that fun stuff just tearing it up and uh, I went from basically a hundred miles an hour to zero so we started digging around and figuring out what we were going to do in terms of uh, how I was going to start fueling myself so that I didn't blow up like a blimp and at the time, Rob Wolf was doing nutrition certifications for the CrossFit world. We uh, hauled it on down to Jacksonville, Florida, went to his cert, met he and Nikki and a couple of the other folks down there. Got, got formed a really cool relationship with Rob. They were very welcoming, and, and that relationship grew over a couple of years. And when Rob's book came out, this was in 2010, uh, I think that's right. I get my years mixed up. But in 2010, Rob's book came out. He was in Atlanta for the book opening, and we're all out to dinner one night, and he's like, you two love to cook. My my publisher's humping my leg to do a cookbook. Why don't you guys do a cookbook? And I'll I'll endorse it and blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of that's kind of how I got started. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a – that's a really cool story. And, um, you know, I, I was just curious if – your perception of diet and nutrition uh, has changed over the course of your experiences with both, you know, becoming injured and then your relationship with Rob and then writing the books. How is your, um, how is your perception of, I mean, you even, you, you mentioned that you did the zone diet and I don't know if I'm imagining this, but there was like this tinge of like, 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 you're over that almost in your voice and I don't know if you've evolved over time but you know what are the things that have changed in your philosophy well I think um, you know from a nutrition standpoint I think for it you know again if I'm talking to a client who are you and what you're trying to do what you know what's what's your goal what are you training for but I think the thing that's been most uh, that I've probably learned the most in the last five years is um, qu quality quality trumps quantity unless you're trying to be super jack street you know crazy big but quality first and weighing and measuring is a real opportunity to obsess uh, and uh, develop some some habits that um, may not necessarily serve you well I, I know that that was part of my experience on the zone um, 
But I do think, again, who, who are you and what are you trying to accomplish? You know, macros and, and getting things balanced out is important. But uh, if you had to pin me down, I would say the absolute most eye-opening thing is probably it's really fun and empowering to cook your own food. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, power athlete folks and folks training for specific, specific stuff, I think there's a convenience factor that comes into play with, you know, calorically keeping up with the workload. But uh, above and beyond that, I think it's a really powerful expression of, of not only uh, taking care of yourself and loving, loving your own body and your own performance and mind, but also others to take a moment and use your hands and cook some food. Yeah, that's great. It's just a matter of kind of taking care of yourself. Charles, I got a question. You work with a lot of different clientele, and in my experience in kind of the commercial gym business is that people are hard learners. So you've experienced a lot of diets, you've stuck to protocols, and then, you know, I won't say jump ship, but you changed your approach or your style. Is there any advice that you could have to for people to look for that are, are hard learners? Uh, is it sleep? Is it their workout? Is it you know their well-being? What can you tell people so that they don't just you know ride themselves on the ground trying to follow a guideline? Yeah, Tex. I for me and my own personal experience, I you'd have to almost throw sleep at the top of the list. Like when when I'm talking to a new client, and it's I, honestly it doesn't matter who it is, and it really doesn't matter their goal. Um, sleep's generally the place I start. Um, I mean, to a degree, it doesn't matter what you eat or how hard or how little you train. If you're not sleeping right, sleep will certainly add tons of benefits to any of those pursuits. But if you're not sleeping, then that, that, that's priority number one for me. Outside of that, I, I just, on the food front, I just tell people to focus on stuff that spoils. I mean, if you, it, it's really easy. Uh, to, to identify food that doesn't spoil. It's green and used to walk around or fly around or swim around and, and grows out of the ground. So Now, when you mention quality, are you referring to organic, grass-fed, so on and so forth, or just non-perishables? I would say non-perishable. I, I would say fresh vegetables. Organic is... Um, Organic is a sweet luxury to have, but I think you know that's giving people the opportunity to have an excuse to make a really crappy decision, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, I preferentially I'd love for everybody to eat organic food, but if it, if if the store brand, you know, factory farms carrots are the best you can get, eat them. That's a good point. Um, I think people do use that as an excuse, so. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's that's good. Well, and, and they do that in fitness too, right? If I can't get this specific workout in, I'm just not going to move today, or I'm just not going to pick up something today, or you know, I mean, you, you got to be careful what what windows you'll give people to jump out of. Right. Uh, so, kind of getting people to eat carrots. I'm working with a bunch of high school players, and I've had a lot of battles just getting them to stop eating Taco Bell. Um, what what kind of a approach do you have like with your high school training? Is there anything you could you know take back or advice you could give to your high school ball self in order to increase your performance? Man, I Tex, I would, and this isn't necessarily the best answer, but I'd start with the parents, because um, I think I I don't know that I would have listen to anybody when I was a 17, 16, 17, 18 year old kid, unless it was coming from my coach, well, coach or parents. So, um, maybe that's where you start. I, you know, if you, if we can tie into, and you know, John's written a ton about this and, and talk to me, Johnny and some of his, uh, some of the other stuff John's got out in the universe, but you know, with athletes, if you can tie it to performance, that's usually going to, going to wiggle the, the right worm in front of them. So, um, Were your coaches talking about nutrition all the way back when? Uh, um, they were talking about hydration. That was about it. 
that was about it. But that was a different time too. Um, when I was talking to Danny uh, leading up to the to the interview today, we were talking about strength and conditioning when I was in high school, and I didn't I didn't play football until my junior year of high school, and uh, you know up up to that point. My my experience was football and maybe wrestling were the only real sports you played that involved the weight room, at least in my experience. And uh, so, you know, conditioning for me for basketball was go play another sport. Conditioning for me for soccer was, you know, go play golf. You know, just go play something else. Uh, nutrition was a was an afterthought. That's actually not the worst approach to conditioning that I've heard. I mean, that's uh, that's not that bad compared to some of the other stuff, the, some of the other antiquated methods of over-conditioning that we see so frequently. At least you were kind of getting some skill development across um, a broad broad base there. Um, what, what about uh, in, in the weight room? I mean, what did you, at the time, did you spend much time in the weight room trying to get stronger for your sports, or was that sort of like a... Um, an afterthought. It it was an afterthought for me. I, I uh, frankly, my my experience in the weight room, my my enjoyment from the weight room, that's probably a better word, didn't really develop until after college. Um, the weight room for me, this is again, I, I I didn't grow up in the football world. Basketball was all about go hard and run, and and, and just at, at that time. The weight room was a was a distant thought, but um, yeah, man, that's a tough question. Um, well, looking back then, um, would you would you have done it differently? I mean, uh, do you think that your lack of time in the weight room inhibited, uh, you know, explosiveness or power, or, you know, plyometrics or whatever would have transferred to basketball? Absolutely. I, so, yeah, in terms of regret, uh, I would say that, that I would have trained a lot. I, I would have spent time in the weight room year-round and, and figured out a way to make that work with all of the sports. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we have our, our kids doing now. I mean, we work with a number of high school and rising college athletes um, in, in a personal training setting through, through our gyms and yeah it's it's in season or out of season strength and conditioning and and that's it I mean that's that's all first of all I think that's all that they've got the bandwidth to deal with when when they're with us because I don't really have a ton of control over what their coaches are doing so we just stick to some really basic lifts and some really basic uh, patterning work uh, I mean, we 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 tend to screen most of our clients. I know, Danny, this is, Danny, this was something you and I talked about the other day. Um, we screen we screen everybody that walks in the door, and develop a program, especially for a for a high school athlete or or collegiate athlete, develop a program around whatever deficiencies or or inefficiencies we see on them. How do so, most of these athletes walk through your door or hear about your program? Is it Google? Is it parents? How do you get these guys? Parents, actually, we—I would say that's 95% of it. We've run through our gyms. We run a couple of on-site corporate wellness programs. So uh, there's a couple private schools in and around the Atlanta community that we do a health and wellness program for their faculty and staff. So some indoor programs, some outdoor programs, on-site, on campus. This is you know away from our gym. And that those relationships, that that on-campus presence, has gotten us relationships with the parents, which ultimately kind of gets us in the door with the kids, which has been a lot of fun. I, man, I it's as a as a aging athlete, it's really fun fun to get your hands on a 16, 17, 18 year old, uh, 10 foot tall and bulletproof piece of equipment. Now, when you're talking about kids, do you recommend having, say, a basketball player like yourself spend specific time on your strength and conditioning and be more sports-specific or getting some of the agility and skills from playing those other sports like you did or just finding a balance between the two? I, I think you need to find a balance. I think there's probably 
I, my own personal experience, uh, the multi-sport athlete, uh, I would I would probably stack a multi-sport athlete up against a specific sport athlete with specific strength training. I I would I would tend to favor the the multi-disciplined approach. I still I, the strength piece is so big, but at high school age, I mean the stuff that we're running across with athletes these days has to do with uh, you know just poor posture. These kids are sitting a lot. They, they've Chances are, if we get them, they've either been focusing on one sport for a while, or, or they're, or this is a new one we're getting. We're getting some kids, uh, I would say freshmen, eighth, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade kids that have decided they wanted to go play football or basketball or something like that. They've, so they've basically just been a kid at play, and now they want to go play a sport like football, you know, a contact sport, lacrosse. We started training some lacrosse kids. And so with them, I'm more concerned with getting them to a kind of more of a well-rounded state. So we'll do some squats. We'll do some pressing. We'll do some pulling. It's generally generally with kettlebells or dumbbells a lot until they can show me they can really handle the load. And then we, then we start to dial up the intensity. Well, my feet can't fail now. My feet can't Power Athlete Nation, in celebration of reaching 10,000 Instagram followers, we're bringing back our hashtag Toes Forward competition. To mark this awesomeness, we've joined forces with Mobility Wad to make this a totally tits prize giveaway. How to enter? Take a photo of your feet with your toes pointing forward and post it with hashtag Toes Forward. Make sure you also tag at Power Athlete HQ and at Mobility Wad. The competition will run Friday the 26th of June through Saturday the 11th of July. One lucky winner will be picked at random. So what's in this for you? Well, we've got six months free Power Athlete training via Train Heroic, $100 credit at Power Athlete Store plus free shipping, one hour movement and mobility consultation with Mobility Wad, as well as signed copies of the new Mobility Wad books. So help us celebrate tipping the 10,000 mark by entering the hashtag ToesForward competition. Go nuts, get creative, and by all means, get your shoe or pedicure game on point. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Yeah, this is all good. Uh, a lot of our clients or people that contact us, they want to know how to get high schoolers into their gym. Just like you said, bulletproof pieces of equipment, a lot of opportunity to mold and develop those guys. Um, and key word you said was the relationships. So getting uh, corporate wellness or parents and then having them go through it, most people try to approach a sport coach and then fall flat on their face. So the time that you talked about developing that relationship. I think that's something that the listeners can definitely benefit from. Yeah, I think the best best piece of equipment as a as a gym owner that you can have to attract high school athletes is to focus on ladies only classes uh, between the hours of 8 a.m. and probably noon, and get a couple of those classes on your schedule and um, start those, attracting. Those are the only ones you you coach. No, I, I coach here. I coach all over the place, but uh, but those th those classes attract the moms, and then the moms see gains, and then the next thing you know, you're talking to them about their freshman son or daughter that plays sports, and and uh, the, the next thing you know, you've got you've got two, three, four feet, five folks from that team coming in your door, and you're training them in a small group setting, and it's a lot of fun. It's not a bad approach. No. That's great. Um, so in terms of, do you, do you work with all types of athletes or is it mainly, I mean, you mainly work with team sport, basketball uh, athletes? We, we work with all kinds. Uh, uh, my partner, Sam, has worked, he played collegiate level tennis, so he's kind of got a background in that. And so uh, obviously an individual for the most part sport. He's, he's had more of a focus on, on tennis players and kind of specialty position players. He's worked with a couple of kickers and punters 
uh, on various football teams. My, mm -hmm. Me, me, I spend a little bit more time uh, coaching the, the team built athlete. Haven't had that many basketball players, which is interesting. Um, but football, lacrosse, uh, I'm actually starting to play around with, and I thought about going and getting the certification. But uh, golf is such a huge sport, mm -hmm. especially in Atlanta. And uh, it's funny to me, the money that, that I, I love golf, I've played it religiously for a number of years, and the money that people will spend to go buy the latest and greatest equipment to try remotely to hit the ball just five yards further, when if they just came in and got strong, um, you know, the right way, they'd hit the ball 10 or 20 or 30 yards longer with the same club. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to maybe make a make a big push into the golfing scene mm -hmm. in Spare City. Well, to kind of take this to circle it back to um, how we started this conversation, uh, do you take the time to work with those younger athletes on nutrition, and do you find that to be a struggle with them? It is. I, again, I, I'm trying to have conversations with the parents. I mean, at the end of the day. If you're if you're a young kid and trying to get strong, it, it's kind of all about calories. So you know the general pitch there is, you know, kids, let's let's eat our food. Um, beyond that, we want to try and make those those food sources as as full of vitamins and minerals and and uh, the micronutrients as possible. So. When, when speaking of uh, limiting factors and maybe nutrition being one of them, it just kind of came to me that uh, do you, what's your process for determining your athlete's limiting factors? I mean, obviously you put them through some sort of diagnostic, but number one, I mean, what are you looking for? And number two, what do you see the most of in terms of uh, uh, deficiencies in these athletes? Uh, so, well, so from a, well, uh, Two, two answers. From a nutrition standpoint, the biggest deficiency I see is is food quality. It's it's generally not that hard to to get a young kid to eat a bunch of food. Uh, I will say a young male. Females, we generally uh, try and pump their cal caloric intake up a good bit. That's probably the biggest deficiency I see with my female uh, athletes. With the males, it's more of a food quality conversation. Uh, on the on the strength and movement side, I'd say the, the biggest issue we run across is just no, absolute no understanding of what it means to stabilize your trunk. So we see a lot of you know anterior pelvic tilting, a lot of throwing the butt back and squatting or deadlifting, um, you know, which are your kind of your bread and butter of strength and conditioning. So the, generally we're trying to fix that right right out of the gate. Um, Outside of that, those are probably the two biggest ones. All right. Um, so do you, um, sorry. That's okay. Um, I, just quick, quick question while we're on the subject. Do you see a, a void and uh, who could fill kind of a, a nutrition-specific uh, seminar certification for like the high school level athlete for males and females? Is that your next book? Is that the one that's coming out? No, the next one. No, uh, I do see a void there. Uh, that's a that's actually a nice segue into the. So I've got this. I've organized this one day summit in Atlanta coming this fall, and we can kind of talk about all the the bits and pieces of that at the end. But one of the big pieces of this summit is around nutrition, training, coaching uh, in terms of what to eat, how much to eat, and and kind of optimal strategies for. For getting the calories in to to uh, to train, and uh, this was something I put together, and I brought in you know who I consider to be some of the experts in the nutrition world. Uh, Rob Wolf's going to be there, and then Matt Lalonde. But yeah, there's a I, in terms of a nutrition certification or some type of um, uh, credentialed education piece. Frankly, Tex, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anything exists, but I haven't really looked that hard. I, I, I mean, I feel like I have enough of a working knowledge base to be able to talk to talk to any of my athletes about how they should eat. 
and uh, and I'm smart enough to know if I run across a situation that's outside of my wheelhouse. And I, fortunately for me, I've got I've got some fairly smart people on the other end of uh, of the Google sphere that I can reach out to. So, you know, and just to just to kind of piggyback off that, um, if the if like the demographic is high school athletes, I think I think the biggest point you made. Charles was that it's, it starts with the parents. You know, you can educate the coach and the coach can push the type of nutrition that these kids need to take, but if the if the uh, if their habits are developed from their parents who really don't give a shit about their nutrition, you know, then it's it's like it's not going to be enough. Yeah, you but know? there's there's a lot of holes, not just they don't care, there's also they care too much, and their mamas don't want these boys to get fat, so they're feeding them skin milk when they need, you know, freaking whole or red top from 7-Eleven. Or mom's fat, and therefore the kid's fat, you know, and you're trying to get them to clean up their nutrition, and if, if mom's not going to cook cook it properly or portion it right or, you know, the, instill the good habits, then it's like a... Uh, you know, the kid's just going to follow what he sees at home. Yeah, I think Denny's on the right track. Just like you got to get the parents to buy in with the weightlifting and getting gains there. If you can, you know, have these challenges that you're talking about with uh, food challenges, so on and so forth, and get them to see the benefit of food, um, then it'll be a lot easier for them to transition and start cooking better for their children. And it's not as hard of a transition. I, I do got a funny story while we're on the topic. Uh, I get pretty Im impatient when working with high school students, and they wanted a quick weight gain, so I suggested olive oil. And I, I just did some math, and it was like four ounces a day, and then by the end of the week, 3,500 calories, and you put on a pound a week. I just gave them some quick, quick hitting thing. And then they asked me, how do you measure an ounce? And my instinct just said shot glass, and I walked away. And then they went to the cafeteria and asking freaking teachers for shot glasses, and then it just all blew up in my face. Nice. You know, that's one of my favorite uh, little stories to tell when, when I get in a conversation with clients about adding calories. You know, the first time I heard that was at my first CrossFit football seminar when John pulled that out, and I was like, that's pretty freaking badass, you know? It's like it, it's how bad do you want it? And there's a quick, easy way to get, you know, three shots is like a thousand, you know, a thousand twenty calories or something. But uh, going to these food challenges, um, we're getting ready to do like a 30-day one. And I just switched gyms a couple months ago, so this current, uh, the members at this gym, they've never done anything like that. So there's like 30 people on board, you know, and already. Uh, you, you hear the excuses. We're talking about like parents, you know, how it starts with the parents. You know, I'm already hearing, well, you know, I work an office job. I, I can't eat this many times a day. Um, or at the fourth, why are you doing this over 4th of July? Or, or I'm going to France for two weeks. I don't know if I can do it. And I'm like, you know, this is the perfect time to do it because it's life. You know, life includes holidays. You know, life includes going to an eight-hour job. And it's a challenge to prep your meals. You know, I sat behind a desk for a couple of years and they called me Tupperware guy. You know, it was a big joke. But I mean, that's, I'm like, now's the perfect time to do this because this is life. You don't get 30 days to have everything perfect and make it easy for you. Charles, it's constantly how, a fucking challenge. Charles, how have you attacked barriers like uh, like the I don't have time excuse or uh, it's, it's weird to bring Tupperware? How have you approached barriers that, or excuses that, your clients approach you with. Text that. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't have a lot of tolerance for that kind of business. I mean, if people are going to prioritize what they want to, and and um, I mean, so that that's not a really a great answer for your listeners. You know, Tupperware is great. Cooking, cooking in. Don't cook for one person. Cook for like seven people, and and put it in Tupperware and take it with you. Um, you know. It, it, Again, who are you and what are you training for? For my high school athletes, I, you know, at the end of the day, make a shake. You know, I, I, I'm going through this with, with a couple of different young kids, and some of them actually, this is even a 
further segue, but I've got a couple of kids on the autistic spectrum. Not tra- I mean, we're working with them, uh, you know, in terms of strength and conditioning, but they're not training for any sports. But, you know, talking to parents, well, they've got some real texture issues with food, and, and that's a common excuse I get when I'm even when I'm telling, you know, parents of kids just to get them to eat better food. And so it's the texture. Well, do they like milkshakes? Do they do they like milkshakes? Oh, they love milkshakes. Okay, well, let's make a milkshake that's not technically shitty. Yeah. You know, let's let's put some coconut milk in there and some 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 protein powder from wellfoodco.com. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, let's make them a tasty milk. It's got, you know, 1500 calories in it and uh, pack it in their lunch bag and their book bag and let them suck that down for lunch, you know. I mean, you know my, my other thing with um sort of creating these good habits is if it's weird that you're bringing Tupperware, if it's weird that you're eating healthy, if it's weird, you know, that you're making good food choices, you're not hanging out with the right people. Um, and, you know, there's a time to let go and just, you know, enjoy yourself um, and indulge in certain things. But for the most part, I think that uh, the when you're in the CrossFit culture and, and you, or you're in a sports culture and you're around other people who are as serious about training and um, self-improvement as you are, it's not going to seem weird. And it might just be a matter of, um, you know, just sort of trying to find people who will help encourage you and help motivate you in the same way. So if, uh, to Denny's point, if you've got people who can't even do a 30, 30 day, 30 fucking day challenge, uh, then they, you know, they there are too many variables in their life outside of, uh, you know, outside of the gym. There's too many variables and too many things that might be taking them off of that that good path or whatever. And maybe it's just time to create some better habits with better people. And I mean, that sounds kind of shitty, but like, I mean, if your friends aren't going to support you or whatever, then it's just like, I mean, like, fuck them. Yeah. And, and, and you bring up a good point, which I think is a better answer to Texas question, which, um, one thing that, that has worked in the past, uh, text, I tell people to find a friend, like literally find a buddy to, to cook food with or to, or to hang out with. It's going to do it with you, you know, and that can be your spouse. It can be your kid. It can be a coworker, but find somebody and kind of build a sense of accountability. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, 100%. I, I, with this this challenge that we're doing at my gym, I, I suggested something just like that, Charles. I was like, you know, get together with a, a group of people, you know, and, like, do this together. You know, I encourage, like, chatter on our website and, and posting meals and, like, uh, you know, people started posting, like, apps that they knew how to use and, uh you know, book suggestions that they had, um, you know, books that they had read previously. And it, like the, the greater the enthusiasm and the motivation, it seems to kind of alleviate some of that, or yeah. not alleviate, but it just seems to like spur interest better. I think know, the, the than, term you're, you're talking about, Denny, is accountability yeah. buddy. It is, but it's kind of like, maybe it's like sugarcoating that, right? So it doesn't sound so harsh. Oh, that's exactly accountability, buddy. That doesn't sound harsh at all. <laughs> that's that's Texas play on words. That's his, that's his pun. I think that needs a T-shirt with a wolf on it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yeah. Just You're gonna have the pink shorts and the yeah. sandal boots. Oh my god! Uh, and Cali, we're gonna be the most popular booth at the games. I know. You know, I have the matching pair of like female chubbies, those pink shorts. I could I could arrange that outfit. I'll find you a wolf shirt. We'll make it happen. Perfect. Well, yeah, um, Kelly, I want to call you out on one other thing. Yes. You said it's good to indulge. It's good to kind of live a little mm-hmm. when, you, when you were talking about food. And I got to say, and this is, a, this is something I, I fight back with a lot of people on. I got to tell you, eating real food and grabbing, you know, a 16-ounce T-bone and making it part of your inner being and eating some sweet potatoes with a crap ton of butter on them, that is not depriving your soul or your body or your palate. Well, that's Um, what I'm talking about when I say indulge. indulge, I'm I'm not talking about go get processed foods or anything like that. I'm talking about maybe 
consuming things that are m maybe over your caloric intake for that day, like a big old steak. Um, mm. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I gotcha. think gotcha. Great, that's a great uh, clarification point because, yeah, I'm not saying by any means that you need to uh, you go off the deep end and it's like, you know, anything goes. I absolutely hate the term cheat day. Um, and cheat weekend or cheat event or whatever. I just think it's bullshit. I mean, just call it what it is, and it's a day where, or it's a, a meal where you're just eating more than maybe you should. But when you say cheat, it, it basically implies that you can do whatever the fuck you want, and uh, I just don't subscribe to that idea. So, um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Charles, I wanted to ask you one serious question and then one not so serious question, and uh, they're both kind of related. But the first one is, uh, where do you where do you get your inspiration for either your uh, your strength training templates or your programming style? Um, and then the second is, uh, where do you get your inspiration in life? And uh, you know what what movies uh, and or celebrities and or uh, people drive you? <laughs> uh, well, the first one's going to be a little easier. So strength-wise, <laughs> we uh, I, I, I love the power athlete stuff. We've got a couple of our coaches uh, playing with that right now. Um, I'm a big fan of Dan John. Uh, I've been following Dan John for, for a while and actually setting up behind me right now, hope They've been actually been really good at being quiet, but we've got Strong First, Pavel and that crew. We've got the Strong First guys coming into our Marietta location this weekend for their kettlebell cert. Um, but I, I enjoy following their stuff. I've played around with MoveNet. Uh, my, my strength and conditioning career looks a lot like my athletic career in high school. I'm kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But um, we do a lot of work with kettlebells. We do a lot of work with dumbbells. Um, as it relates to our more of our uh, our field-based athlete clients, um, we stick with just really basic linear progression stuff and supplement any of that with auxiliary trunk work. And we do a lot of lateral work. Um, I think that's probably the biggest hole in most most quotes air quotes here popular programs these days is they just don't get enough lateral work in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, let's see. I, I mean, my, the folks that I that I read and follow, uh, Dan, Dan John, uh, play around with Irwan Lacour. I've been doing a following a lot of stuff from Kate Gallier lately. Her Unbreakable Body series mm -hmm. um, has been uh, revolutionary for me personally. Who's got some? I've got a couple of hip issues, and and um, and then working with some clients to really strengthen their hip and shoulders. Uh, and I think that's probably it. Um, that's a good list. So let's get down and dirty and talk about like, like what's, for instance, like if you had to watch one movie to motivate you, uh, to do like a one RM or something, what would it be? Uh, I, I, I would need, need to watch the whole movie. I just need to watch the opening scene from Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, just, just uh, I think about whenever I'm like down or whenever I'm kind of kicking my own ass a little bit, I think about the people that have done so much more for so much less. And uh, that movie's kind of a crazy, crazy big movie for me. Yeah. Um, Terminator's pretty good. The original Terminator. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. And then, uh, and then, uh, and Predator. Oh my God, Predator! Yeah, I found Predator late in life, uh, which I blame my parents for. And you're um, just talking about the one scene that motivates you when Arnold and Apollo Creed just shake hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, it's a, that's a great movie. So, um, you know, for for a guy who's super in nutrition, loves to cook, what is your death row meal? Like, what's your last meal? I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to eat a steak. But we're gonna have to go surf and turf. Hmm. Uh, so I'd say cowboy ribeye, bone in, uh, Pittsburgh style. If you're familiar, so you basically scare the shit out of the outside and leave the inside alone. Um, and then we'll throw a, a lobster tail on there with with about two pounds of melted butter. Uh, <laughs> and then um, 
I'd have to dessert. I, you know, it's part of my upbringing. I'd have to have some uh, moose tracks ice cream. There's a little shout out to the uh, to the ice cream industry. I'd have to have some moose tracks ice cream, and um, and I don't play with them anymore. But I'd, I'd probably finish with uh, a, a good a good scotch. Oh, that's, that's a good last meal. Charles, are you a, are you a beer guy? Because Bobby and had Bobby and I had some clear water in Atlanta, and I thought it was amazing. I'm uh, I'm not. I uh, I, I kind of evolved out of beer. Um, I'm a I'm a great tequila guy. Tequila is kind of my social social drink, and uh, brown liquor is kind of my let's get serious and 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 talk about the world drink. <laughs> so. Um, neat brown liquor neat nice yeah very cool well john john <laughs> john's gonna be in atlanta with me in october we're we're hosting this big uh summit and um and so uh, i'll say it now john we should probably find a way while you're in town to uh bury a pig in the ground and um that'll be fun that'll be fun you know so. uh who's we should mention uh Who's going to be uh, attending that, or not attending it, but what are some of the presenters you have? Because so, yeah, I, so I want to say the majority of them have been on previous episodes of Power Athlete Radio. Probably so. So uh, and, and so selfishly, I wanted to organize this thing because I want some of the coaches in our gym to get hands-on work with, with these great folks. But we got, we got John, John coming in. Dave Werner, who runs uh, Level Four CrossFit, CrossFit Seattle, uh, which I believe is the first uh, first CrossFit affiliate in the world, and Dave's phenomenal. Uh, he's also got a program called Move Skill, and that's really what he's going to be bringing to the to the uh, to the summit. So Dave, Dave's uh, kind of handling Move Skill. I've got John coming in to to kind of do a best practices approach on uh, on power athlete and how to best prepare for that. We've got Rob Wolf and uh, Matt Lalonde are going to come in and kind of, they're going to do the nutrition piece. Um, uh, they're going to basically just kind of talk about all the ifs, ands, and what's as it relates to nutrition and fueling for performance and, and all of that. And then I've got Jim Laird. Uh, Jim was just on not not too terribly long ago on on y'all's podcast, but Jim's coming in uh, to talk about kind of uh, best practices for recovery and optimal recovery strategies. And he's just he's bringing Lucy Hendricks with him. And then I'm going to be showing doing some uh, over the lunch hour. I'm going to be de demoing some ways to you know to get the most out of all of those calories that you need to eat to fuel performance and to fuel muscle growth and, and maintenance. So uh, kind of tips and tricks in the kitchen on how to, how to really knock it out of the park. And then I think that's it. But is yeah, there it's somewhere, is there somewhere people can go to, um, to, to see or to, I mean, is it open to yep. the public? It's open to the public. We're selling a hundred tickets. It's cube summit. Dot us so nice. c c u b e summit dot us and I've actually put a there's a we have an early bird ticket special that's that's expiring in a couple of weeks and I put a uh, there's a discount code for twenty percent off for any of the power athlete nation listening the code is just power athlete so you can go to the website you can kind of check out the speakers the schedule the location we're going to be hosting it here in Atlanta one day super intense. Uh, all in, kind of focused on taking taking your performance to the to the next level, uh, and and really kind of bringing in a bunch of different strategies to do that. So you know the power athlete approach, the the um, move move skill approach, and then Jim and Lucy are going to come in and kind of round everything off with some optimal recovery strategies. So it's a really going to be a cool day. Nice. I wish that uh, I wish that all of us could go to that, but that sounds awesome. I mean, we'll certainly send all of our listeners to um, to the website and get that linked up in the show notes. Um, is there anything else, Charles, that you wanted to to plug? I mean, you you spilled the beans a little bit on the book, but you know this this podcast only reaches about ten million people per 
per episode. So, um, so it's a pretty small demographic. I'm, yeah, I'm, pretty small. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, is there anything else that you want to uh, direct people towards, whether it be um, any of your strength and conditioning websites or anything with regards to uh, your publications? You know, you can find uh, our recipes and, and books on paleocomfortfoods.com. If if you if anyone's ever in Atlanta uh, or in Atlanta listening and wants to rap about strength and conditioning, performance, nutrition, uh, atlantasc.com is our is the website for our for our gym. And uh, yeah, that's I mean that's it. You can find find us there. Uh, we've got Twitters and and Facebooks and Googles and all that, but let's just we'll stick to the websites and. And go from there. Perfect. Great. Um, guys, is there anything else that you wanted to ask Charles before we wrap things up? Yeah, I I just wanted to know, like, what approach are you going to take at this summit uh, with nutrition when you're going to basically follow Rob and Matt? Right? Because that's going to take some huevos. You're really putting yourself out there, Charles. Oh, uh, Denny, I listen. I, I I know my own limitations. I'm gonna show them how to cook. There you go. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll let Rob and, and Matt geek out on on protein, carbs, and fat, and all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna show people how to make how to make it easier to fill those bellies with good food. So it'll be fun. It's gonna be a really cool event. I'm I'm excited. My 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 hope is to uh, Atlanta is such a such an easy place to get to and such a hub, you know, my, my, my hope in, in this year's event is to kind of build maybe a stepping stone to something bigger where we've got maybe, maybe the, you know, in 2016, maybe we've got the whole power athlete team here and, uh, and it's a full weekend deal and people, I, I'd like to open it up to more folks. If y'all have ever been to something like a paleo FX, uh, in Austin, uh, I know John's been several times, and it's, I was kind of inspired by how that works to put this together, but purely based on strength and conditioning and kind of working with the athlete. And so, yeah, hopefully this will be a, I, I know it'll be a great event. Hopefully we can pack the house out and, uh, and get some people some really good takeaway. The tickets are uh, under 400 bucks at this point and, and, and with the discount almost under 300 bucks. And, you know, if I'm an athlete or a coach, if I can take away one nugget, that takes my team or my or my career or my or my performance on the field to another level. I that's a, an investment I think is well worth it. So, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, Charlie, we're going to be down in Atlanta for a cert ourselves September 12th and 13th. So we'll definitely have to connect and grab grab a steak. Maybe we'll practice uh, practice putting a pig in the ground there. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. Nice. So. Wow. Well, sounds like you guys have it all figured out. Um, cool. Well, Charles, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, and uh, we look forward to meeting you. Are you going to be at the games? Probably not going to be at the games. I've got two kids in diapers and uh, and two gyms, and and that's about all I can. All right. Muster. I will. I will uh, be watching from afar, though. Uh, okay. should, should be a really good year. I, I'm excited about the field of athletes. It's, um, We're going to have a live stream of our dunk tank, so you can just follow us online. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. yeah. All right, Charles. Well, thanks again, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Um, thanks for taking the time out to do it. Thank you, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Charles. Thanks a lot, Charles. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Bye. For you to empower your performance. Find Charles Mayfield on his website at www.paleocomfortfoods.com. There are numerous free recipes, resources, and of course, Pete and his wife's books for purchase. If you'd like to stop in at either of Charles's facilities while in Atlanta, visit www.atlantasc.com. And speaking of Atlanta, the Cube Summit is officially open for registration. Again, the event will be held on 17 October 2015 in Atlanta, Georgia at CrossFit North Atlanta. For more information on speakers and content, visit www.cubesummit.us. Join us next week for a hilarious conversation with MDUSA weightlifter Sean Rigsby. 
we finally find out if he's 62 years old or 26 years old. Don't forget, guys, get your shit together for the hashtag Toes Forward Challenge. Remember, take a picture of your toes pointing forward, hashtag it with Toes Forward, and tag at PowerAthleteHQ, as well as at MobilityWad for a chance to win six months free Power Athlete training via Train Heroic, $100 credit at the Power Athlete store plus free shipping, an hour movement and mobility consultation with MobilityWad, and signed copies of MobilityWad books. The competition goes from the 26th of June through the 11th of July, so let's see those hooves, slippers, or prosthetics, toes forward. Until next time, bye!